Hi, everyone. Welcome to Face to Face, a UC Davis podcast featuring students, staff, and faculty innovators. I'm your host, Chancellor Gary May. Stay tuned for my next guest. Greetings. I'm Caitlin Carter, currently holding the position of Executive Director of Academic Advising Enrichment for Undergraduate Education at UC Davis. I'm also a doctoral candidate at the UC Davis School of Education, where my research focuses on evaluating the impact of our black male mentoring program on its participants. Prior to my current role, I was the founding executive director of the Student Affairs Retention Initiatives and the inaugural director of the Center for African Diaspora Student Success, also known as CADS. In my work at UC Davis, I'm fortunate to have the opportunity both to create new systems of support for underrepresented populations and to have personal relationships with many of them. Caden, welcome to Face to Face. Glad to be here. Thank you for having me. I appreciate you being here with us. And tell me who you've brought with you today. Well, can I have her introduce herself? Absolutely. All right. Hi, Chancellor. It's nice to see you. Um, my name is Stephanie Jacqueline Sarate. I'm one of the advising and outreach coordinators at the Global Learning Hub. Um, that falls under global affairs. Uh, my first experience working with um, you know students was actually in 2016 at the Center for African Diaspora Student Success as a student assistant. So, uh, Kate is my old boss. <laughs> <laughs> well, Stephanie, thank you for being here as well. It's great to have you both to talk about this really important topic. Uh, mm-hmm. So, um, let me just get started with with you, Kaden. Yes. Um, uh, how did you decide to take on the um, the job of being the founding executive director of our retention initiatives at UC Davis? What what need did you see that needed to be fulfilled? What gap had to be fulfilled? Wow, um, great question. I appreciate it. Um, so it really stemmed from my previous role as a student affairs officer in African American African Studies, where uh, part of my responsibility was kind of keeping a finger on the pulse of the African diaspora community. And I didn't think um, I had the capacity to do that as one person. Uh, Fortunately, I had a a template uh, in the Office of Minority Student Affairs at Michigan State that I could draw from. uh, And and then I had friends that were still there that I could reach back and and collaborate and communicate with. And those ideas are what led to what is now the Student Affairs Retention Initiative. So the idea behind the initiatives is that we would dedicate our institution, UC Davis would commit uh, full-time staff to keeping a finger on the pulse of our underrepresented minority communities. Well, thanks to Michigan State for the idea and for you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, Stephanie, did you benefit from the student retention initiatives when you were a student here? And if so, how? How did it affect you? Yeah, I I originally came from a really small um, town in Central Valley, uh, Riverbank, California. And so when I came to Davis, it's actually the student population is even bigger than the town I come from. So um, coming from... Um, such a small space, and then being able to come over to like such new horizons um, overall, really, you know, built the perspective, a new perspective for me. Um, so in general, um, my time as a student assistant at CADS was the first experience I ever had um, with like face-to-face um, interaction um, and kind of gaining a perspective on like how to bring quality care how to respect one another, how to bring positivity and joy in like everything that you do, whether it's just, you know, offering center materials for students or whether it's like planning events. Um, and uh, my time there really motivated me to go into the field of higher education. So I originally came in with uh, an idea that kind of was instilled in my parents of work as hard as ever, but do something that, uh, you know, may um 
be what we typically think of success, whether it's like a doctor or a lawyer, et cetera. And whenever I started working with students and working with great mentors like Caden and Kwame and Ken Barnes, um, that really brought into perspective what, are, what I really want to do um, with my time, and that's helping other people, and that's through education. Well, that's what we want for all of our students during their time, to find what gives them fulfillment and passion uh, and what they like to do. So I'm glad it worked out in your case. Staying on your time as a student though, and as a student assistant, um, are there other uh, resources that you thought could have been beneficial to the center uh, that you're thinking about implementing now in your new role? That's a great question. So um, like I mentioned previously, I work under Global Affairs, which its main mission is to bring um, interconnectedness between everyone. Um, and that really um, weaves into my current role now because we, um, in the advising and outreach team, we promote different um, services for students, whether it's academic, um, experiential opportunities, or co-curricular, extracurricular opportunities for students. And we really want to um, bring awareness and accessibility to underrepresented minority students. And I think that with my current role and the interactions that you know the retention centers have, um, we are hoping to possibly stay connected with them and offer those services at, at the centers themselves, whether it's maybe drop-in advising or more student interactions within the centers. Sounds like you really have your finger on what's needed. That's important. Kate, I want to turn back to you. Yes, um, I want to hear about your own personal journey, your mm-hmm. story, and how that impacted or or, or manifests itself now in, in what you do for our students here at Davis? It was one of the main reasons, my personal experience was one of the main reasons why I entered into uh, the student affairs profession, quite frankly. Um, I was a uh, community college transfer student uh, at UC Berkeley uh, in the early 90s. And I realized, I, I must clarify, um, that I attended six community colleges before transitioning to Berkeley. And um, if I could be very transparent, I got dismissed after my first year. Um, I changed my major three times. and. And I thought, I'm not the only one. I can't be the only one trying to figure things out, right? And it was an advisor slash administrator uh, that turned me on to the interdisciplinary profession or interdisciplinary major at UC Berkeley. But then I started inquiring about how can I do what you do, right? Um, I thought that I wanted to be a teacher, uh, which I did do uh, temporarily at at Berkeley High Continuation uh, after I finished at, at UC Berkeley. And then I, I wanted to have more involvement or more impact into the lives of students beyond subject matter, right? And so that's when I went to, um, I did a post back program uh, called the Institute for Recruitment of Teachers, IRT. It was on the campus of Phillips Academy in Andover, Massachusetts. And that's how I ended up getting uh, a scholarship for my master's degree at Michigan State. But understanding the student affairs um, Understanding the, uh, the impact of student affairs uh, via some practicums that I had as a master's student uh, it was required that you work in certain fields. I landed a graduate assistantship in the Office of Minority Student Affairs. Prior to that, I had no knowledge of what minority student affairs was, right? <clears throat> but therein lies an entity who, on behalf of the entire institution, kept that finger on the pulse of the underrepresented populations. And so when I transitioned back to California, uh, and more importantly came here to UC Davis, I was looking around for the Office of Minority Student Affairs, right? And I realized that um, I think the time was, was very important. The time was, was uh, we needed something more than the student affairs officers. I must clarify, I was one of five ethnic studies student affairs officers, and all of us had the same responsibility, which was 
kind of a 50% appointment of looking at the populations that we were responsible for. And uh, fortunately, I was able to kind of inquire with the leadership at that time, wrote a proposal, and it was embraced. And um, my original concept was a centralized space, not the individual spaces. And I can honestly, I really appreciate the individual spaces, but my context was not that, right? And so I want to kind of give credit to uh, previous leadership for saying, hey, um, let's look at some separate spaces and separate staff, because the template that I had at Michigan State was a centralized office. Um, but I say all that, Chancellor May, to say um, there are a lot of, and Stephanie referred to this earlier, uh, co-curricular needs that may not be satisfied in certain majors, right? And then there's the I like to refer to it as cross-pollinating, right? You have a lot of people from that identify as a specific ethnicity, but they're in separate majors. And so where would there be an opportunity for them to interact if not for these retention centers in these spaces? So it allows a chance for students to build community, uh, which supports the research. A sense of belonging is one of the uh, barriers to uh, underrepresented minority student success. And that's you know, what the centers offered, along with curricular and co-curricular support. So that was the foundation. Well, thanks. I, you know, your story is such a testimony to what can be, right? Mm -hmm. So I appreciate all of that and, and, and what you're doing now. And I'm curious, in that respect, what you're doing now, what's your vision for advising at UC mm. Davis going forward? Um, if I could, I would say standardizing the practice, right? Uh, UC Davis is a decentralized campus when it comes to advising. And so advising looks a little bit different in engineering than it does in athletics, which looks different than how it is in student affairs. But there are some common threads that we can land on. Uh, first and foremost, uh, a holistic advising philosophy where we're looking at the entire student, not just course content and schedules and things of that sort. And then because our population, our student population has grown so much, uh, we can infuse other um, best practices or promising practices like advising students with disabilities, um, trauma-informed advising, right? And so th the standardization of the practice does not take away from the authenticity uh, in the individual spaces, but that's one of the main goals, making sure that at the very least, all of our advisors are taking a more holistic approach to supporting our students. So I'm hearing consistency yes, sir. and best practices. Yes, sir. And those are things that I've heard and observed myself. So I, I applaud that and I'm 100% in support of that direction. Thank you. Now I got a question for both of you. Okay. Uh, what do you find most fulfilling about your work at the end of the day? Oh my goodness. I would say, um, you know, going through the experience as a student, um, having, you know, mentors and, um, you know, the advising community that really wanted to get to know me, get to know what my passions were, um, you know, wanting to get to know the other students and, wanting us to all to work together. I think now um, what really is a great enjoyment in my current role is being able to get to know the student and know exactly what their interests are and how I can help them, you know, find an opportunity that may be aligning with their interests. And just sitting down and having a very informal conversation sometimes and being able to just connect and then let them know that, you know, we're, we're here for them and if they ever want to chat more, you know, I'm, it's an open door situation. Okay. Wow. Um, I'm actually two years, two and a half years into this role as executive director of academic advising, which means for the first time in 25 plus years, I don't have direct contact with students. But I'm a systems guy. And so um, what's appealing to me is making sure that, I, number one, I understand the different systems in the academic advising spaces and that we fine tune those systems and infuse 
best practices and research, right? Um, as a trained student affairs mm -hmm. practitioner, I always like to re rely or refer to the research that governs the practice. And so I'd really like us uh, as an entire institution to kind of rely on the research. And some of it is taking place uh, throughout the campus, but again, standardizing that uh, across the campus is a goal for me. So that we're evidence-based. Yes, sir. So I think we would all agree, though, the best part of our jobs is the students. Oh, yeah. without a doubt. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Without yeah. a doubt. So we all concur on that one. Now, there's a feature in Face to Face that we call Hot Seat, and it's actually not a hot seat. <laughs> but all we do is ask some really rapid-fire questions where we're looking for a one-word or one-sentence oh, answer. <laughs> so uh, are you ready? Sure. Here we go. All right. Favorite event on campus? Davis Fest. Picnic Day. Okay, I agree with both of those. Okay. Um, favorite place you've traveled to? Rome. Uh, Guanajuato, Mexico. Um, Rome I have been to, great, great location. Uh, uh, best spot to get lunch on campus? Ooh. We were just talking about this. Uh, I would say Spokes. Spokes. I'm going to go with Gunrock and the new menu they have, Gun given Rock. I'm just coming to this space from there. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. I like Gunrock's new menu. All right. Good for both places. Um, Halloween's coming up. Give me your favorite Halloween costume you have worn. Have worn. Wow. I have one, actually, from last year. Um, I dressed up as a dog that's in flames holding, you know, with the little blurb saying, this is fine. Uh, so, yes, that, that was my costume. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I haven't done Halloween in a while, but my last costume was one of the Jackson 5. Big afro, bell bottoms. So you were like a generic Jackson 5? I was a generic Jackson, were a I was a Jackson 6. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. I asked this question of all the guests. Okay. Uh, tell me what's at the top of your playlist right now. Ooh. I'm listening to spook spooky music right now. Um, the soundtrack from They Live. I just saw that movie for the first time. So Wow, that is spooky. <laughs> um, I like reggae. Um, I'm going to, can I pick two? Sure. Stephen Marley and Chronix. Chronix has a song called uh, Here Comes Trouble. And Stephen Marley actually did a tribute to his father in a most recent mm -hmm. song where he kind of covers the progression of his development and, um, and his father, Bob Marley. I have to check that out. I'm, I'm an old school reggae. I like Steel Pulse. Oh, Steel Pulse, yeah. yes. Can't go wrong. True democracy. <laughs> and, yes. Okay, uh, now it's your turn. Uh, you can ask me any question you would like. Yeah, um, you know, looking at your entire trajectory as chancellor, um, what's the legacy that you hope to leave behind for UC Davis students? That's a great question, Stephanie. And I always say in anything I do, this job or other jobs I've had, you want to leave the uh, organization uh, better than the way you found it. Mm -hmm. So I'd like for uh, students, faculty, staff, community members at UC Davis to say when Chancellor May retires or moves on that uh, the university is better because he was here. Beautiful. You know, there's a richness that I find in the student body uh, in terms of the diversity. And when I say diversity, I'm not restricting that statement to ethnicity uh, nor gender. And uh, what do you feel are the benefits of having a very robust, diverse student body? So I always go back to diversity gives you better outcomes. And mm -hmm. I'll just give you know, a simple example, um, which is somewhat oversimplified. If we didn't have gender diversity, it would be like using half of your brain. Because oh, yes. half of the population would be left out of mm -hmm. your solutions. So um, in the same way, I feel like having all of the brain power, all the talents uh, that we have collectively 
working on our issues and problems and, and our society just makes things t- turn out better. So that's really been my guiding principle about diversity. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, any other questions? Yeah. Um, one other question that I had was more in relation to your personal focus on like student interaction. Uh, what types of student interactions are you most proud of um, during your time um, here at UC Davis? You know, um, this is going to sound a little trite, but I, I enjoy almost all student interactions. Mm. But um, the one that's the most fun that actually is kind of unexpected uh, is when I'm walking across campus and I get asked for selfies. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> which I have to now factor in selfie time when I go oh, to a meeting because right. I do get asked a lot. And um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm gratified that the students think enough of me to want to take pictures with me and, and, and engage with me. And, you know, I'm sometimes... Uh, the, the goal of a scavenger hunt is to get a selfie with the chancellor mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. So that's really uh, makes my day when that, whenever it happens. So, um, so, you know, I just want to thank you both for spending time with us on face to face. I think it was a great interview. I appreciate your coming and I, I appreciate you for what you're doing for our campus. Both of you. Thanks to everyone for listening. Tune in next time on face to face. Go Ags.